Before we get started, I want to remind everybody, everybody who calls me up and is like, hey, I love that flying tiger logo from the Loftus party. That's a flying tiger that breathes fire. That's a sweet logo. Do you have gear? <laughs> the answer is yes. Go to theloftusparty.com, click on gear. There are pint glasses, there are messenger bags, there's tote bags, there's t-shirts and keychains. Oh my goodness! Go look for yourself. Get a little something, and get a little something for the person you love. All the money that we raise goes to a charity, and that charity is American Express. Because at the Loftus Party, uh, we love America, and we need to express it every 30 days, or they're going to tell us to stop using the card. I love you. Here comes a podcast. Welcome to the Loftus Party. Holy guacamole. Uh, the, the best show on the internet. It's a podcast. I like to call it a show, but uh, I get a lot of grief from Andrew Apple for not calling it a podcast. I guess if you if you record something and you put it on the internet, you get in trouble if you call it a show. Isn't that right, Andrew? Hey, you can call it a show. Just don't call it a radio show. We are bigger than radio until we're on radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we also have Stacy Lennox. She's broadcasting from uh, somewhere in Atlanta. Did, are, how's it going, Stacy? It's going very well. Beautiful weather. Couldn't ask Is for better. Is it really? Are you getting? Did you get hit by the hurricane at all? Um, no, we had some like weird cloudiness. Almost looked like it was going to rain yesterday, but it didn't. We're we're actually pretty far away from the coast. Okay. So, so no, 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 not even a remnant of Matthew. Not no. even a remnant. We're having a drought. We would have liked a remnant, actually. <laughs> a remnant of Matthew. Okay, well, first first and foremost, I want to say this, and I don't want to forget it because there's so much to cover. There's so much news to, uh, to cover. I want to start by saying this. The new website, uh, while we're still working out a couple of little bugs and making sure everything's awesome, the website is fantastic. It is amazeballs. We are so close to what we ultimately envision. It's crazy. I went on there the other day and was blown away. I'm like, this is the real deal. This is a, this is a really great website. It's like we're good at this. <laughs> it's not, it's, I immediately I immediately bought a messenger bag. Oh, did I, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been getting so many compliments on the shirt. Uh, oh, and the shirts are about to get cooler. However, let's talk about content. We got some great bloggers who are on there now. Yes, we uh, do. We're building our community. Here's the deal. Here's one of the things that... that, that we all collectively were excited about with theloftestparty.com. Helping small businesses, helping entrepreneurs. We've got like a community section, and we should probably have a content contest for what we want to call that community section. But it's a place where you can gather, share ideas, share tips. You can pimp out your business. Tell us what exciting things you're doing. Tell us some of the mistakes you uh, have made and help other people avoid those same mistakes. It's awesome. We are, we're tired of sitting around and waiting. We're doing something about it. Well, and not just that. I mean, you can start a conversation about small business. You can start a conversation about funding. You can start a conversation that says, hey, I have a great idea and I need this kind of help. Anybody want to come on board? I mean, I think the potential there is is just immense to bring people together. But then you can also start, you know, a, a conversation group about how much you love a football team. I mean, there there's no limits there. And I really hope we see a lot of great conversations going on. Oh, they'll they'll get started. 
I know. They will get started. Who are some of the fantastic bloggers? I know you've written a couple pieces that are fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you, Michael. Um, well, in addition to myself, we also have Rick Canton. Uh, so if you're on social media, you've seen Rick before. He's a political activist from Virginia that is taking his first foray into written content. So I'm pretty excited about that. Paul Hare, who um, has quite an amazing profile as a writer of both fiction and nonfiction, as well as work within the intelligence community, um, is now also doing a comic strip because he decided to stop complaining about how everything came in from the left and decided to take comic comic strip over to the right a little bit. Um, and that great. was pretty interesting. He, he kind of gave a synopsis of, of the basis for that in one of his blogs. Um, let's see. Shannon Lembis has joined us. She comes from the world of what she likes to call nerds. Um, and Grumpy Cat is her spirit animal. So we're really <laughs> excited to have her. Um, but uh, also Judy Sheiks, Kim Dixon. Uh, okay, this might be a, this might be an easier way to do it. Uh, I'm I'm flipping through right now. There's an uh, I'm on my phone. I'm flipping through with my thumb. It's stupid simple. I love that about it. You've dumbed it down uh, to my level, which I love. Wait, and what's we're this article? Make I wish dumber, I wish I, there's a Harry Potter thing on here. I wish I had a Patronus charm. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Um, that's actually talking about parenting a little bit and how much easier it would be if you were a wizard. Okay. Um, flipping through, flipping through, uh, social justice, epic douchebag. What's this? (laughs) Well, that was some SJWs who decided to torture your children for what you might want to dress them up for as Halloween. That's fantastic. So if uh, they had a poster, and if your child comes to them as a princess or a pirate or anything that they can tie to some kind of microaggression, they're going to deny them candy. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, we got an article, who wrote Roger Moore was a better James Bond than Sean Connery? Um, that would be Rick Canton. Rick Canton. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting article. I read that. I don't know why he left out the new James Bond, but I, I actually agree with the guys. Just if it's just a numbers game, he's absolutely right. Although I do like Sean Connery better. We got in today's Love. daily dose. There's uh, holy crap. There's Comic Con swags. There's a sex toy uh, public service announcement. There's just so much great stuff. You got to go check out thebobsparty.com. There you go. I'm pimping out the, the website. Well, I'm just glad. You, I'm glad you're happy with it, and it is is conforming to your vision. It is. Ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. The establishment GOP is dead. The establishment GOP is dead. Long live the new GOP. Journalism is dead. Journalism has, uh, and I don't know if it's going to be coming back anytime soon. Well, we still have a a couple good folks in that profession. uh, Yeah, it's not enough. We need more. It's not nearly enough. Yeah, we need more. And no one's listening to the good ones anyway. So we will, uh, this is our starting point. This is where we begin. So uh, we got the debate tonight. Here's the thing we're going to do. Andrew had a great idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it up one time for you. That what we're going to do is we're going to record like a bunch of the, uh, the show now. Then we're going to come back tonight after, after the debate. So let me just say it right now. I am nervous as <laughs> I have never been so uptight about a uh, about a debate ever ever not even not even the one a couple weeks ago 
Well, and this is a different format too. You know, oh, it's yeah, not town it's, it's not purely moderated format that we saw the last time, which was horribly moderated. But we won't go there. Um, this is a town hall format similar to the thing we saw in the commander in chief form, except I think both candidates are going to be on the stage at the same time. It's not one following the other. And it's going to be hard for Hillary to get her little planted child actors in there. <laughs> <laughs> you you heard about that one, right? No. This is news to me. Oh my gosh, you guys, do you live under a rock? There was like this uh this little like 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl. She stood up at a Hillary Clinton event. She had a question uh to ask and she's like, "Uh fat shaming is very big at my middle school, blah blah blah." She's a senator's daughter. She's like a little paid yeah, she's on the the freaking Hillary Clinton payroll and she just happened to to stand up with that question. So honest and so sweet. Well, there's been a couple of moments like that during the campaign that you know, um a couple. That was one I hadn't heard of. Here is the big here's my big takeaway and I've I've been thinking about this a lot. I I love 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 the, the Loftus Party podcast. Now, I want to go to the I want to go to the tweet. I don't want to get it. This is my takeaway uh, from this from this entire thing. Uh, it's it's been distilled down into one little theme. Uh, Donald Trump, love him or hate him, has shown the entire nation irrefutably, explicitly, and beyond any shadow of a doubt that the U.S. government and the the media are propagandists and corrupt to the core and not worth a shit. The way people are being led around by the nose is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. No, and and I agree. And I think, you know, we've certainly seen that in the last several days. Um, yes, the audio of Trump, not good. Just not good. And I mean, I'm talking not playing well in Peoria, okay? There is a segment of the country who would go, oh, whether we want to believe it or not. You're the only girl on the podcast. What was what truly offended you about the Trump thing? There is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. This is a safe space. I'm not, it's not a trap is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, like, it's not. What, what truly I mean, offended you? What truly offended me was actually not the content of what he said in so much as it is the privilege and assumption that he made that that was okay because of who he is and how much money he has. That actually bothers me more than the content of what he said. Okay. Andrew. Yes. What, what did you find offensive about the, uh, I call it the Billy Bush tapes? Um, more than anything, wh what I found offensive was very similar to what Stacy said, that uh, we have seen from the beginning that Donald Trump is nothing if he doesn't have an ego. I mean, I, I still think one of the funniest stories that came out about him was when Daniel Radcliffe did his first interview on the Today Show and he saw Donald Trump backstage and he asked Donald Trump what he should say uh, to the reporters. And Donald Trump said, oh, that's easy. Just tell them that you just met Donald Trump and you're very excited about that. It's like, th this is just a continuation of that. So what's difficult and hard for me about Donald Trump is the same problem that I've had with him from the beginning is that I don't know that he's necessarily willing to listen to other people's ideas because as he made it clear in this he's gonna always think that he's right and and no one is right 100% of the time and, and yawn okay <laughs> obviously he listens to people because he's got Mike Pence as his VP 
obviously he listens to people because his new campaign manager has him reading off a teleprompter. So I'm going to give that a big <laughs> to you. Uh, the thing that affected me, and I'm with both of you guys on it, the thing that I found offensive about it was the privilege thing. The ugliest thing that he said was, and they let you do it because you're famous. You're a, wasn't it that it you're you're a star you're a star yeah. or something like that and i and i mean please don't get me wrong because that privilege certainly extends through the entire clinton campaign and you can go through 30 years of that as well um but it, it to hear it on both sides like that just was disappointing very well, here's, disappointing here's here's my point mm-hmm that's the offensive part to me, right? Mm -hmm. So you can make that tie in like, oh, you can get away with stuff because you're rich and famous, right? So that plays on both sides. Like right. obviously Hillary's getting away with stuff because she's she's rich and Bill Clinton, rich and famous. And like everyone gets away with stuff when they're rich and famous. But, but here's the deal. There's just something emotionally, when you hear someone say it, it just hits you emotionally. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like you, could read a tra you could read a transcript of, of Hillary Clinton, like a quote verbatim, saying the most horrifying thing. But it doesn't like have that punch. Like when she's talking about that, that the child rapist that she, she, mm -hmm. she got off, like the guy was guilty. The dude was guilty. And uh, she took the case and like a good lawyer. Uh, she got him off. She knew he was guilty. But like when you hear that tape of her laughing about it, it really has that emotional punch. And this is what I'm saying. The left, the liberals are just better at playing propaganda. They're just eating our lunch. They're just eating the right's lunch. Well, and I, I think not only that, but the, the assumption can be somewhat made, right, that there is a, a coalition on the right that is going to be far more offended um, by the actual language that Trump used than necessarily the content of what he said. And additionally, you have this person who's getting up in rallies. I'm with you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for the little guy. And then you just hear what he really thinks and it's kind of like well wait a minute w w which one am i supposed to believe so i think i don't understand of, wait say that again what well when he does his rallies you know the 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 whole um idea i understand what the working person goes through i'm with you i i'm on your side and then you hear this thing like you said that hits you Kind of like, well, I can do this because I'm rich and powerful, or I'm a star, or whatever. Oh, that's whatever. just talking about hitting on chicks. That's just the right. that's just the gross aspect of hitting on chicks. Who do I think is better for the economy? Donald Trump, hands down. Yeah, I, I think Michael, what she's trying to say is that when Donald Trump gets up and says he's going to be great for women's rights in uh, one of his speeches, and then this audio leaks. It's like you said, this audio is much more visceral. This has an effect on people and it makes them think, well, he said he's strong for women's rights, but then I'm hearing this tape of him talking off the cuff. But what wait, a minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The two things don't go hand in hand. Like you can be all for women's rights, but then you, you, you can also be the guy who's at a cocktail party and you're thinking, man, that chick is eyeballing me. I'm eyeballing her. And then you come to the false assumption that if you just walk over and grab her pussy, she's going to want to bang you. That's, that's the horrifying thing. She's going to want to bang you because you're famous. That has nothing. That, that's just that's the horrifying thing. I'm famous. So this person wants to have sex with me. That's the horrifying. Thing. I don't think that has anything to do with women's rights in the workplace or like equal pay or like time off because you're pregnant. 
and I'm, I'm trying to be as diplomatic about this as I can, obviously, because I only have one X chromosome, but <laughs> from the women I have spoken to, yeah. uh, it all falls under the same umbrella. Really? Yes. Well, but I mean, you, you, some of that also, too, because comes from where you believe the world is, right? So I'm not a big believer in inherent misogyny and male privilege and all of these other things that, that maybe is more prominent on the left and in the feminist movement. Um, so I don't, it doesn't necessarily strike me as deep as all that. It's not quite as pervasive. Um, but I will say that, you know, in talking to folks on both sides of the issue, I think there was some level of disappointment that y you had this sort of ability to look at Bill and Hillary Clinton and say, ew, in terms of a lot of this. And again, Hillary puts herself out there as all for women's rights and a women's champion, but she takes money from Saudi Arabia. She laughed on a tape about a 12-year-old rape. I mean, there, there's no good... Just in terms of the country, <laughs> like the future of our nation, and, and this is that's I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not trying like the future of our country. We are better, in my opinion, with Donald Trump than we are with Hillary Clinton. So to me, the big story is the is the media. The big story is and how one political party runs the media and dictates what the story is. It is a propaganda war. And I, and, and I just I mean. Hey, we've got this show. We've got the flip side on on television and we've got the website and, and people better start waking up and smelling the coffee. The wonderful thing about the Internet, which we just gave away when no one was looking. If you listen to this this podcast, we were talking about it. We were talking about it here. We're always ahead of the curve. I love that about this show. It's fun. It's funny. It gets a little angry. Uh, there are there are some insights. However, like, no one's talking about how we just handed away the keys to the Internet to the United Nations. Here's the other thing that happened on Friday that journalism was just sleeping, just sleeping through. Obama eased the sanctions uh, on Iran. Like, while everyone's talking about Donald Trump said he grabbed a woman's pussy, and while Hillary Clinton is talking about how she wants open borders, Obama's like, I'm just going to slip this in there while nobody's looking. We're going to ease the sanctions on Iran. And journalists who are supposed to have our back, they don't. And hold on. I, we need to make a distinction here. It's not journalists. It's the 24-hour cable news system. That's the real problem. There yeah. are great journalists no, out no, there. No, no, no. I don't buy that. I reject that wholeheartedly. I reject that There are great journalists out there, Michael, and even they're coming forward and saying, saying that they're listen, frustrated. Andrew, I'm not saying there's not great journalists out there. I'm saying their bosses and the people who dictate what's what gets covered, their bosses decide what the story is. There's and a even those bosses are coming forward and they're saying we're stuck because there's this perception in the media that whatever television television is doing is what we have to do. These newspapers and these smaller independent journalistic media companies they're actively complaining about the fact that it's the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the Fox Newses that are leading the story. Well, I mean, I just I just look at it this way. 
and I think a lot of people were pointing this out on the right and the left, and this is a, this, maybe this is a beginning of some kind of general agreement. God willing, that would happen. Um, there's a lot of people on both sides of the aisle really angry at NBC right now. They had this tape for 10 years. They knew it was in their possession. And the timing of the release and the way it was released and then in concert with the New York Times who pretended, pretended to have some big emotional conversation about using the actual language like that was even a discussion. Um, and that collusion between the two, there's a lot of people saying, hey, NBC, you made a lot of money off this guy. Was that why you held it back this long? Was that why you held it back during the entire primary? We know why you did it now. But what I was don't the motivation buy, to hear I it? don't buy into this whole, I blame the system. I blame the system because it's all based on ratings. It's all based on ratings. So we have to tell this story. Horse. Nope. It's based on allegiance. Exactly. When you are, when you are running the Today Show... You, get, you have to give uh, your questions to the Clinton campaign. You're like, hey, here's what we're going to be asking you. Here's what we're going to be asking you. So let us know what you want to answer. And there you have it. That's just straight up collusion. The Steve Harvey thing, but not like Steve Harvey, some journalist. But it's a great example of, hey, give us all the questions and then we'll tell you which ones we're going to answer. Chris, yeah, Hayes. Chris Hayes is mentioned in a WikiLeaks thing. It's fantastic. Chris Hayes wanted to do a story uh, about Hillary, so he had to run it by her people first. And his story was how Hillary bravely overcame all the nonsense scandals of the 1990s. So, nonsense scandals. Right? Well, and as we've said before, um, or as has been pointed out before, it's about access. So the more it becomes likely or is demonstrated that Hillary Clinton is likely to win, the more the coverage will tip in her favor, just like it did with Obama, even during the primary. Well, I tell you, I have a lot of people who there was a, a, a girl on Twitter uh, who recently wrote to me at, uh, at Flipside Law Office. She said, I just I realized you're a Republican. Right. So uh, obviously <laughs> she, she is not. Obviously, she hasn't been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> she might hey she might be new she might be new she might there just like go. hey political comedy is her thing uh so now she's been turned on to the whole thing and i, and I don't want to lose people on the other side however people need to know because like more people are paying attention now because we're so very close to the election but like when the and this is going to sound like tinfoil hat city but like when the media is in the tank for one candidate and you can say it now you can go and it's like me, we were talking about WikiLeaks uh, before we started recording. Like right now, WikiLeaks, they're my best friend. I love the, the WikiLeaks. However, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. In a couple years, uh, if WikiLeaks is coming out with something that, that criticizes uh, my person, I'll probably hate WikiLeaks, right? You got to live by the sword. You got to die by the sword. At this moment in time, when one political party can manipulate the media... And now it's been like eight years of at least eight years. And now we're probably staring down four more. As long as people, as long as people know, that's what, that's what I want. I want people to know that like you're literally hearing propaganda. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. And you're probably, you're probably okay with it now. 
because there's a lot of people who are like never Trump, just like people were okay with Obama weaponizing the government in the form of the IRS. You know that that hasn't stopped. They're still doing. Well, it hasn't stopped, and it's it's clearly Michael a bunch of weaponized agencies. You have a weaponized EPA. You have a weaponized FBI. I mean, the FBI is so politicized at this point. Um, I don't even understand how James Comey is still at the head of it. I mean, when you okay. look at that news from earlier this week, that there was actually collusion between the White House and the Department of Justice on how this whole email scandal was going to be handled. That got, what, five minutes? Okay, so so here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. So you know the FBI has been weaponized, you know the IRS has been weaponized, and the EPA, and God knows what other agencies. Mm-hmm. How can you then not do whatever you can do to uh, take votes away from Hillary and add votes to the Donald Trump basket? And that is simply because, Michael, from some of Donald Trump's very public statements and very public past behavior um, – Having been a resident New Yorker and had this guy in the news for a long time, um, I believe those agencies still have the same chance to be weaponized just in a different direction. And it's not okay for our side and it's not okay for their side. Okay, so in in that sense and, and wanting to be a show that's about solutions and about answers, what's your idea? What then must we do? Honestly, in this case, I don't have an answer. I I have been very um, – there's a populist strain in this election, and if you go back through history, it's cropped up before, and it's been successful in Senate can it, in Senate races and some other, some other things you've seen. And there, there's some history to it, and there is absolutely a justification for it. Absolutely is. There are a lot of people who feel left behind by both the Obama and the and and the Bush economy. And I do not want to discount the way people feel or the American voter, because I believe the American voter knows how they feel. I get it. Um, For the top line, I don't have a solution. I want to do things like make sure heck wins in Nevada and take Harry Reid's seat away from the Democrats. I want to make sure we keep Congress. I want to make sure that at the state and local level, um, I have representatives there that are in line with me. I don't know what to do about the 216 race. And I, I, being honest with you, I may walk into that booth on November 8th and do something I don't even know I might do today. That is what boggles my mind. Mm -hmm. That's what boggles my mind when there's uh, politically astute people uh, and I see them on Twitter and I'm not going to mention them by name uh, because that's just boring. Mm -hmm. But like I I literally they seem to know what they're talking about. They, Mm -hmm. they, They seem to know what they're talking about. Yet it's almost like they revel in the problem. They just want to sit around and, and just bitch and moan. Remember that there are people who see things from a larger perspective beyond just the presidency. Like Stacey said, there are people that are concerned about how their House race is going, how their Senate race is going, how their state level and local level government is running for them, because that can have a much bigger effect on their everyday life. While you're in there voting for Donald Trump, go ahead and vote for those people. <laughs> uh, you like know, you're again- there, I'll save you a trip. I'll save you a car ride. And then You'll talking see. about and then talking about bigger picture stuff isn't the the picture of the Supreme Court? Yeah, that's why I'm worried about the Senate because nobody gets to be on the Supreme Court unless the Senate says it's okay. Boom. So I'll save you a trip. Boom. While you're in there voting for Donald Trump, you'll be saving the Supreme Court. Boom. 
That's maybe, what I don't understand. That's what I don't maybe, understand. It's like, is it bad or is it not bad? To the people on Twitter who just seem to revel in the problem. And, I, and I'm not singling you out, Stacey. Everybody, hey, listen, everybody, you can vote for whoever you want. This is me. This is just my opinion. And, and it's why I wanted to do this podcast, because so I can spell off of this. <laughs> well, and I don't want to spell off, and I don't want to give anybody the impression that I revel in, in 216 at all. Um, you know, this this is not what I hoped after eight years of Obama. I thought I thought we had the best chance ever to really come I together as a coalition, and I just that, don't see it happening. That that dog don't hunt either. I love the people that are uh, pulling their support for Donald Trump now because they're in quotes horrified by what he said. Uh, they've made a political calculation. They're the same people who they, they were they they didn't want to support him in the first place. So now they're making a political calculation that they want to distance themselves. And what they don't realize is by making a political calculation and not calculating what's best for the country, they have now calculated themselves out of ever getting my support. Hey, speaking of who's voting for Hillary Clinton, what uh, what are those 7-Eleven coffee cups? <laughs> I love that. I, see, here's what you, get, you guys need to know. 7-Eleven does this thing every uh, every big uh, presidential year where they have red cups, Republican, blue cups, Democrats, and then they have another color, uh, independents. And, and you taking a cup is like voting for your first. So maybe it's just about which political party drinks more coffee, really. However, or which how accurate... 7-Eleven versus Starbucks? Oh, 7-Eleven coffee is much better than Starbucks. Is it? I don't have a Seven oh Eleven in Georgia, though. I think you need to get one. You well, need no, to get one. Oh yeah. We were looking at we were looking at the map, and I think the gray states on the map, Andrew, are actually the states that Seven Eleven doesn't operate in. Real well, because what they were saying was, and th- th- this is interesting because uh, you commented before we got started that Seven Eleven's polls are usually right. They've been right in the past. Oh yeah. And. And what they're saying right now is that 40% of the country are taking the cups that have no party preference on them. <laughs> Which is a much higher percentage than in 2012 or 2008 or even 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the people who are like, uh, Hillary Clinton wants to end America, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> Well, we've got we've got an entire. Here's the interesting thing: Democrat is at thirty percent, Republican is at twenty nine. Speak up, cup purple is at forty, but the entire map is purple with the exception of one red state, Idaho. This is uh, this is what's going to be born out of the new GOP. What all of the all of those people are going to are going to be part of the new GOP. I really I think that. I don't even know that I call it a new GOP. I, I'd like to just call it Americans who are like, I don't need the government to tell me what to do. I don't need them writing a regulation on how my local restaurant needs to make a fudge brownie. I just want them to make sure that other countries leave us alone, that we're safe and secure. And we got the rest of this because we're really pretty smart. I think there's a coalition that you're starting to see um, between Democrats, where the, the, the party has gone way too far left for them, and libertarians and, and Republicans who are saying, yeah, we got to get back to this limited government thing, and I think that's the 40% you're seeing, and I think it's actually bigger than that. 
Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I just want to use the, the GOP's infrastructure, and I want to use uh, people know the brand name and people know the symbol. So I kind of want to hang on to that. It's like if you're Coca-Cola, you don't start new Coke. You just keep doing old Coke, right? Oh, did you say th- there was a great story that came out this week about new Coke that the reason that Coke actually switched the formula was because it tasted worse since it was 40% cheaper. They would have saved a ton of money if people had liked it. Oh, they would have saved a, b- a bunch of money if people liked new Coke? <laughs> yeah, because it was for- the, the formula was 40% cheaper to make. Yeah. Well, that's one of those things that uh, people – there's still those conspiracy people that, that say that they did it on, on purpose. But uh, no, I've, I've, se- I've seen too much. I've actually done a little bit of research on it. They, they really – they thought it tasted better. They thought they could improve it, and they fucked up. <laughs> you know who else screwed up? Who? You said earlier in this program that you believe the GOP is dead. Do you know when I really believe the GOP was dead? When? When all of this broke over the weekend and the MSM is completely wrapped up for 48 hours in these Billy Bush tapes. And they send not the head of our party to the Sunday shows, not the head of our party. He was supposed to be there and he backed out. They sent Rudy Giuliani. So the fact that Priebus himself did not get on the television and defend his party and his party's nominee tells me it's dead. Well, here's the problem. They don't know how to wage emotional warfare. And Reince Priebus is not going to be able to have an emotional war. And, and, and neither does neither is any other Trump surrogate going to be able to do it, with the exception of Ru- Rudy Giuliani. You might get some of that 9-11 love out of the guy. That's Talk true. About terrorism and dodging falling uh, building parts and people parts. But I literally, I literally saw a girl. Uh, some spokeswoman for the for the left being interviewed on Fox, and then they had a Trump surrogate going up against her, and she would say one thing, and the Trump sur- surrogate would come at her with another piece of information. And I'm not kidding you; she started crying. And if you can't have somebody on there who's ready to cry too, you're going to lose. It's an emotional argument. I agree. It's propaganda. So you're just going to look. If you send if you send Reince Priebus, that dude is cold. He doesn't have a big personality. It's just like sending lambs to the slaughter. How can you defend it? And then if you try to defend it, you just look like a monster. You look like a, a total monster. Unless you're me. Unless you're a you. A lovable scallywag pirate with a heart of gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. Oh my gosh. Is it time to move into some Michael Topias? I think that's the perfect time. Let's do it. You scallywag. <laughs> I'm a rap scallion. All right. In Michael Topia, you are not allowed to have a $4 million engagement ring when your husband was crying all over Twitter not even a year ago about how he couldn't pay his bills. Yeah. Oh God, who was this? Kanye West. Yeah, I, I intentionally don't follow Kanye West because I don't like following whiners. Oh, my God. He was broke. He couldn't pay his bills. No, 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 no. And then I see the mainstream media completely obsessed with poor, poor Kim Kardashian losing her $4 million engagement ring that she just got. How did she just get a $4 million engagement ring if he's broke? She didn't lose it. It was stolen. Oh, sure it was. They want insurance money. Oh, absolutely. That thing looks so, so bad. It was the one night in the hotel room. It was the one night in the hotel room there. She gave security the night off. 
Of course it was. <laughs> and if you look at her picture on Facebook, she's holding the ring up right by her face as if to say, come and get it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's but the they one put night- a description out of the guy and everything. I mean, it's just, oh, please stop. It's so staged. And then supposedly she was tied up, but managed to get herself loose (laughs) as soon as they left. (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my Michael. That's my Michael today. In Michael Topia, if you got in trouble for banging the maid, you can't step forward and be outraged by what Donald Trump said. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have no idea what you're talking about. Arnold Schwarzenegger last night, had, he says, I had to make a choice as an American. This kind of talk is no good. I have to, like, really do. Really? <laughs> you had to make a choice as an American? Okay. Ah, ah, the maid, you're so good to me. I'm banging the maid. My wife is in the other room. Yeah, he had to make a choice. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that that got pretty universally panned by both sides. So yeah. I'm not sure that was the best move for Mr. Schwarzenegger and his brand. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Missile strike. Download it now at the App Store. <laughs> Go ahead, Andrew. What do you got? In Michaeltopia, we celebrate the beauty that can come out of violence. It came out this week that despite all the violence that was happening in Iraq and Syria... Scientists have come together to create 3D printed recreations of all of the artifacts that have been destroyed during the fighting so that they can stay on for many generations to come. Well, that's a nice that's a nice idea. That's a very lovely sentiment. Uh, And I think it's cool. Somebody has to do it. But I tell you what, it's weird. It's weird what you focus on, like emotional. Right. And this 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 is a nice little bookend uh, uh, to the whole show. But like I find myself like heartbroken, like the loss of human life is horrifying. That's just horrifying, and, and I'll never get over that. However, these monuments and these pieces of art that have been around for thousands and thousands of years, and ISIS just loves to go around and smash them, uh, that, that it's heartbreaking. I, I get very upset by it. I really do. Agreed. But uh, I, guess, uh, I guess we're going to let them keep doing it. I guess that's the idea. Let them keep doing it. Ugh. Because because Hillary's going to do the same thing that Obama did, uh, and it's either her or Trump, and I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know what, Michael? You don't know what you're going to do. What? No, you, 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 even though you are mocking me tremendously, I still think the world of you. I'm no, I'm mocking the Aww. no, no. It comes across that way, and I want to apologize because it's no, horrible. I don't I'm mocking, care. I'm don't mocking care. A, a, a list of people that I see on Twitter all the time that I I, I just don't understand them. Yeah, they must just in Michaeltopia. Okay. we do not approve of slacktivism. Slacktivism. That's an yes. awesome that, word. That, that 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 is the term when you are getting very upset about things on Twitter and you're not doing anything about it. Yay. Yes. Yes. These people who are going to have this moral high ground, if if everything goes the way they want it, if everything goes the way they want it, Trump loses horribly, Hillary Clinton wins, they have the moral high ground, yet America goes right in the sh- and they like wear it on their sleeve. They're like, I'm ex-GOP, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're a f***ing tool. 
<laughs> I mean, wage your little personal jihad later. But hey, do me a favor and don't let America go down the toilet. <laughs> just for today. Just for one today. Day. Just for the one day. Can I just tell you what I what I love right now? What I love is having taken a break from that whole mess and writing things that have to do with television and watching some of the other things in the media and looking for things that have nothing to do with Donald Trump and Hillary and writing for the loftusparty.com. That's awesome. And that will be there that will be there long after the election is over. Yes, long it after will. the election is over. All right, so listen, we're going to come back after the debate. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm as nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. And Michael Topia, we're bringing back those quaint old-timey sayings. <laughs> all right, so I'll see you guys after the debate. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Well, I guess I we'll all know. Do we have a debate weeping. drinking game? No. No? No. No, my liver can't handle that. <laughs> and that's why we're not doing it, because <laughs> of, like, those it. tired, tired jokes that, like, You'll see a ton of them on Twitter. Hey, every time blah, blah, blah says this, drink. We got to come up with our own thing. Like a taser game. Play a taser game? game. Like, fireworks are legal here, so maybe like every time somebody says so-and-so, I throw a firework off the off the porch. I like that. I there like you go. that. Every time uh, Hillary Clinton says pussy, you got to throw a firework into a bucket of Oh my of God, gasoline. no, Michael, <laughs> if she says that word, I'm shutting it off. I'm not watching anymore. No, it's a train no, wreck. We have to watch the entire train wreck. If she says pussy, I'm shutting it off. Off. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Uh, see, that's that's the ultimate for me. <laughs> that's the ultimate for me. <laughs> All right. All right. I will see I'll you guys later you guys on this later. evening. Okay, so it's post debate. It it literally just stopped, and I'm. My, I'm like, my heart is beaten and I'm shaking like I just watched a Cleveland Indians game. <laughs> or I just watched a like Cleveland a Cleveland Indians game? <laughs> yeah, right? Because growing up as a Cleveland Indians fan, you always have this thing like, oh man, we're going to lose. Oh man, we're going to lose. And then, like the, the Cavaliers come around and you think, oh, the Cavaliers are going to lose. But then they win the whole thing and you're like, oh my goodness, Cleveland can win the whole thing. So I had the I had the Cleveland Indians uh, feeling tonight, like oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, uh, and it was anything but. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. It was everything I ever wanted. It was so great. So it's really interesting to me that that's what what your response is because I expected you to have that response because watching it, I was approaching it from the perspective of. If I were an undecided voter and I was only going off of this debate, how would I feel? And what I walked away with was, if you like Donald Trump, you're going to leave liking Donald Trump. If you like Hillary Clinton, you're going to leave liking Hillary Clinton. And if you're undecided, you still have no idea. (laughs) Well, Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And here uh, here is why. The internet. The internet. And all you have to do is keep just pushing out the Podesta emails. Just keep pushing out those WikiLeaks. Keep pushing on the truth. And I think people are smart enough, they will stumble across the truth and just be like, holy smoke. I was trying to do it with jokes tonight, 
Like, the joke I kept going with was, like, whether Hillary should use her public or her private stance. I'm like, uh-oh, it's a question on, on uh, energy. You should use your public stance. Uh-oh, it's a question oh. on fidelity. You should use your private stance. Oh, and just dear. Like, it's true. <laughs> and every time she would pimp her website, I'm like, that's cool. And after you check out Hillary's website, go check out the Podesta email. Go check out WikiLeaks. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I am so glad to hear Michael so happy. I oh, yeah. I got I got lost. I got lost on foreign policy. I'm just confused. Well, you know what? I know. I'm not even Most worried about don't. that. I'm I'm Most seriously I'm not even worried I, about I did. That. I did. I care more about making sure we know who's coming into this country and making uh-huh. sure that we're using all of the energy that we can use. Uh, and I thought his answer on energy was great. I thought his a- answer uh, about America's economy was great. It's the worst performing economy since 1939. That, and, like, Obama's going to go down as the only president ever to have, like, a less than 3% growth. I mean, that's just, that's just the fact. And it, it is it, bad. It, it, well, except for George W. Bush, unfortunately, if we are talking about the facts. No, no, not for his entire tenure, not at all. The beginning of the George W. Bush economy was just fine, um, and you know Jimmy Carter had his issues as well. Yeah, but you know, again, my my concern being um, Syria, Russia, and Iran are not fighting ISIS. Um, my concern is is let them duke it out. Let them duke it out. <laughs> They're not going to duke it out yeah. in our favor, though. I, that that this is where his. This but is where his secret strategy kicks in. There, there is no secret <laughs> strategy, and if General Flynn is in charge of the strategy, that scares me to death. But what I will say is this: what I will say is this. Um, coming into the debate, much like Michael, I was thinking Cleveland Indians because I'm a Yankees fan, so I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that feeling because Yankees have done pretty well throughout history. Um, right. But I get it. I get it. I get what you were talking about. Um, because I felt that way with my Giants recently. But um, I I came out of it thinking draw. Because number one, I fully expected those Trump tapes to just take over the whole debate. And the moderators didn't let that happen, which shocked me. Because it was CNN and it was Anderson Vanderbilt. And I really <laughs> thought <laughs> I really thought he was going to go with that. And he didn't. You know um, why they bailed on that? You know why they bailed on that? I don't know why they bailed on that. Because Trump was loaded for bear. Uh, he yeah. had, he had, no, he had those women in the audience. He had that, he, he had that, he had that, that uh, he had a press conference with them before the debate. Uh, the, 12 year, the 12 year old girl, who's now a grown woman, whose life was ruined by Hillary Clinton and uh, those guys that yeah, raped it, her, it, it, it was, was there. Juanita Broderick, uh, Kathleen uh, Wiley, and Willie. Paula Jones. Willie, 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 Nelly. Willie Nelly, and Paula Jones. Yes, yes. and and I did see that. And um, the poor the and the thing- poor girl who Hillary got her accuser off and laughed about it. Yes, and the the thing I will say is this was billed as a town hall, 
And I certainly think that Anderson Vanderbilt and his co-host Martha asked a lot more questions than the undecided voters in the audience. So I'm not sure what that was all about. And when Anderson just started making up questions on the fly, like he was like cross-examining Trump. And I thought, well, this is it. This is it. This is over. And Trump got out of that one. And good Lord, good Lord. (laughs) He does listen to people. He does take advice. Because that dude learned how to pivot. He learned how to pivot. And the best example was the, hey, do, do you like, do you think that's presidential to be up at three o'clock in the morning uh, uh, tweeting? Do you think that's presidential? It got really nasty there for a second. And I think it was the 3 a.m. thing, the three o'clock in the morning. Something just yep. flipped in Donald's brain. And he's like, oh, I know what to do here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll make it about her 3 a.m. and turn it into Benghazi. It was everything I ever wanted. Like, yeah, you'd be in jail. Boom! Boom! That was the mic drop moment. And when she compared herself to Abe Lincoln, he's like, oh, yeah, honest Abe. Boom! <laughs> Boom! It was fantastic. And all the well, left guys and all the people on Twitter, it's like, man, he sniffles a lot. What's he doing? What's he doing walking around? He sniffles a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It was great. It was the rumble in the jungle. Well, I, I'm the very... First big, the first very, train wreck, and now he's learned. It's like when a machine is coming to life, and you're like, oh, no, it's learning. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you comparing Donald Trump to, like, Skynet? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's learning. <laughs> it's learning. Um, well, it needs to learn a little bit more about the Middle East and what actually goes on there. We uh, have people for that, Stacy. No, we General, General Flynn is not the person for that. But um, anyway, all I'm going to say is I think it was much better than expected given the last 48 hours. I think it could have turned into a much bigger um Oh, I don't know, flushing toilet bowl than it did. Um, yeah. But um, I think both of them, both of them literally kept it a level above despite all of the conversation. It could have gone way south. And, you know, I think Trump did a much better job this debate of answering A, the questions from the moderators, and B, uh, the allegations or assertions from hillary clinton oh he learned how to pivot it's learning he learned how to pivot that's it i can't believe you compared him to skynet that's just (laughs) frightening (laughs) well not literally to skynet but to a like it's got a learning curve like the blob you know like the blob in the movies (laughs) oh now it's the blob right it's just (laughs) the analogy of like there's a creature you don't understand and you think, oh, or like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Remember, remember when those kids were freaking out when the velociraptors figured out doorknobs? Oh, <laughs> Donald Trump, Trump figured out doorknobs tonight. Wow. He learned how to pivot. You, you answer the question in the shortest way you can, and then you turn it back on them. It was wonderful to watch. And here's what makes sense to average ordinary uh, Americans. This is what I think is really going to resonate. When talking about foreign policy, it's like, why do you say we're going to attack this this certain base in a week? Why do you say you're going to do that? Why not just go in? Call a sneak attack. Go in, do it, you get out. 
Now, as as childish as that sounds, that makes a ton of sense to guys like me. Yeah, and like yeah, the moderator, definitely. the moderator was like, "There's reasons for that." Well, I don't give a f- bitch. Uh, listen, as a kid, when I played war, you didn't tell your buddies when you were going to attack. You just no, did it. I, it's psych attack. I completely agree. The Obama administration has been so very transparent about their foreign policy moves. Um, but again, I would strongly encourage uh, Donald Trump to learn a little bit more about the various coalitions in the Middle East before he starts talking about secret plans, um, because some of that was just wrong. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I, I could not give a less care about his for his Middle East policy. I really don't. Well, I can't. I honestly because don't. That has it's to do so, with it's ISIS. So, it's so, no. Let him <laughs> duke it out. Let him duke it out, Stacy. I have been on the air with CIA experts about this on uh, on Sirius Satellite Radio XM Radio. Mm-hmm. It is a fact. Every four hundred years. Some douchebags in the Middle East claim that they are the real heart and soul of uh, Islam. And they're not. They're radical no. jihadists. Every 400 years, they get a different name. And yep. in the past, we've always just left them alone. And they kill so many Muslims that the rest of the Muslim community rises up. So I am all in favor of, sorry, Middle East, you got to duke it out for a while. Figure it out. And after enough, and after enough of their fellow Muslims die, the Muslim community will police itself. All right. So I, I have to ask a, a question, uh, getting away from foreign policy, because this is what was on my mind for the entire debate, and I want to know what you two think about this. So after we stopped recording earlier, but before the debate, it was announced that the RNC had pulled all support from Trump. They they weren't going to give him any resources for the time being. And they were going to watch and see how he did at this debate. Do you think... Yeah, that- guess what? They're going to open I, up I, their fucking checkbooks in the morning. Well, Michael, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, but Stacey... I don't, know, I don't know about the donors, to be quite honest, but I would say the RNC will probably lift the prohibition on the victory communications. I, I would say they will do that. Okay. What's well, a victory? communication e- e- um, email lists that, and donor email lists, lists and all that and donor donor lists and all that and yes the the rnc yeah what i'm saying is the rnc will lift its its prohibition that was widely reported yesterday and not denied by the rnc um but I'm not sure that every single donor is going to be lining up again. I think some of them still might be holding back to see how the next 48 to 72 hours go because they're cautious people and it's a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. So you're saying yeah. that, that Billy Bush is going to have an effect on this campaign? Uh, Billy Bush may not have a job come tomorrow from what I'm hearing, but, um, <laughs> he's, been, he's been put on permanent double secret probation. Yeah. He's been put, he was supposed to come out in the today show and have a big apology tomorrow, you know, I, and, and that puts a little bit of egg on the face of the entire Bush family. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm not sure I care so much what Billy Bush said simply because he's not running for public office. My concern was more, and I think Michael and I agreed with this earlier, not necessarily the content of what Donald said, but the attitude of it. I think people will still be looking at that and going, hmm, and seeing how the next 
48 to 72 hours play, seeing how the polls play post-debate, post-release, and making sure nothing else comes out in the next 72 hours because all of the media has been saying there's more to come, there's more to come. Right. Well, here's where the Hillary Clinton campaign is freaking out right now, right? She didn't kick his ass. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. And they've already used (laughs) – he's like a werewolf, right? He's like a werewolf, and he's an uncontrolled werewolf out in the forest, right? And they're like, well, don't worry. We got a silver bullet here. He said he grabs chicks' pussies. Right. So so they load up their big con and here comes Donald Trump walking through the forest and bang, they shoot him. But I guess you got to shoot him through the heart or something because he just keeps coming. No, no. If he's like Luke Cage, you got to drown him. Maybe he is Luke Cage. Maybe he is Luke Cage. <laughs> no, it's, but it, I mean, it's in, awesome. in all honesty, because I think the Democrats are devious and sneaky people. They had to plan for this contingency that the first silver bullet wouldn't be deadly. I think there's something else coming, and I'm waiting to see what it is before I go, ha. Ah. Well, because what can possibly I, I be worse? Timing. What can possibly be worse? That's the uh, thing. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. All I've seen oh, is... Oh, come on. You can of, guess. You can guess. It's something, something about an N-word. That's I, what I it's going to be. That's what it's going to be, and that's what it's going to be with him. Yeah, whatever. And I really think the money donors are going to be wait like the serious money people, not the five and ten dollar people who've been all in from the beginning. But the serious money people are going to be waiting to see what that next drip is. Well, here's the wonderful thing: his his when that uh, dude st- stood up and asked him about the inner cities and all that stuff, him him saying that like, hey, she's had a chance. She comes around to your cities every four years. She asks for your vote, and then she leaves. She's had 25 years to do something, and she hasn't done anything. That resonates. All right, so here's my counter question to that. Does it resonate enough that African-American women are going to overlook the locker room talk? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I I I will say this. Have already looked past the locker room talk, and I want to make this point before I forget to do it. I've I've already forgotten uh, once, and I just remembered it again. So here is where Camp Hillary and the Democrats can kind of uh, rest easy. I think they they've recently conducted a study where most people get their opinions about the debates not from the debate themselves. They actually get it one or two days later uh, from the pundits on TV. So they will let the Today Show tell them what to think. Uh, They will let Chris Matthews tell them what to think. They will let Fox News tell them what to think. So uh, with the mainstream media pretty much being in in the pocket of of the left, uh, it'll probably come out pretty good for Hillary. Uh, However, that was a strong performance by Donald Trump. And, oh, I want to say this. I'm watching a little bit of the of the coverage afterwards, and Tucker Carlson, who is invited to the Loftus Party barbecue, that dude gets it. And he was chastising the other pundits a, a little bit, saying, hey, the world has changed. America has changed. And he thinks that this uh, performance by Donald Trump is really going to resonate with, uh, with Mr. and Mrs. and Joe America and Millennial America. I hope he's right. Because I believe, I believe that America has changed. I think there's guys like me that have just had it with the establishment GOP. And we're ready to move on. 
I watched a little bit of the post CNN before I came up here to the office in the Liberty Lair. And I will say that CNN, despite having shilled for Hillary, was actually quite complimentary to Donald Trump. And the other thing I will say is Frank Luntz, who is one of the most sought-after folks in measuring response to these sort of things, is saying before the debate, his undecided voters were 8 to 9, and after the debate, 4 to 18 for Trump. So... I think those things are going to get out to the mainstream media as well. I did not hear, outside of Anderson Vanderbilt, um, anybody really panning Trump. Jake Tapper said the first couple questions were a little bit dicey, but after that, Donald Trump really took control of the evening. I think, I think what I heard on CNN, which has been unapologetically supportive of the Democratic agenda, and we saw that even in WikiLeaks, was much more balanced than I would have expected. Well, I'm going to enjoy the evening. I'm <laughs> going to enjoy the evening. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what new soundbite is going to go. But I t for, for guys like me, it's what I've always wanted to see. Like, the gloves almost came all the way off. He landed some solid hits, and she never got him back. She never tagged him back. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Well, and you know what his strongest positive tick on the debate was, according to Luntz's focus group? And these were all undecided voters. What? That his compliment at the end of the debate actually seemed more sincere. I tell you what, it was sweet. I tweeted it out when she said, and this is what I thought, sh this goes to her character as well. They're saying, uh, say something nice. What do you admire about the other person? And then Hillary said his kids. She couldn't say something nice about him. She goes, oh, his kids. And I like that he said something nice about her. And, and you know what? As far as folks who had no opinion or were literally undecided going into this race, they totally agree with you. Well, well, well. Well, Look well, at us well. Go. Look at us go. It's our, it's our little debate wrap-up show. I love it. It's late <laughs> at night. It's late at night on the, uh, the East Coast. I'm working in the morning, but seriously, I could talk about this for like another hour. I'm like, I'm like a kid on Christmas right now. I was thoroughly here. I was thoroughly prepared for a meltdown. I was prepared for like a mic drop, a storm out. And there was a moment, there was a moment there where he was at the beginning a little bit too, yeah, a little too interrupty. And I'm like, oh man, he's going off the rails. He's going he's off going the rails. Tim Kane. Oh no. But his Jedi, his Jedi training came back into play. And he's learning. He's learning. He can open up doorknobs now and he can pivot. <laughs> he can open up doorknobs. Oh, my God. And that's how Hillary feels. Hillary, Hillary feels like those little kids hiding in that abandoned kitchen. And she's like, here it comes to get me. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, and in Michael Topia, all is well. <laughs> that's right. Sleep easy, Michael Topia. You know what else I did? I put on what? those t-shirt. I got a new Target. I, I did a special shout out to Target uh, on the Twitter because I got one of those uh, those t-shirt sheets. I put them on the bed. They're all clean and oh boy, Michael, we sleep good in Michael Tokyo tonight. <laughs> all is right. I'm wear wearing the Target hoodie that says "Nope" right across the front. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Is that an answer for are, are you carrying a gun? <laughs> uh no. When you, when you have a, a hoodie, <laughs> no, you have a that's hoodie that not the right nope. answer. 
Welcome to the Liberty Lair. Stacy, <laughs> stop trying to make the Liberty Lair happen. It's not oh, going to happen. Oh, come on. It is so much better than the Freedom Trailer. You don't it's, get to give listen, your Freedom it, Trailer its own name. Every time you say Liberty Lair, we get three Freedom Trailers. So we three, have well, you know, if I had three Freedom Trailers, all of you have a place to stay when it all goes to hell. So look at it that way. And we can connect them and have a fort. <laughs> With sheets and pillows and stuff. All right. Well, what a night. I'm going to go back and watch some more uh, debate coverage. I'm going to see what the pundits have to say. But uh, a good day. A good day for America. A good day for democracy. I'll say that. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to uh, The Loftus Party. Make sure you check out theloftusparty.com because that place is kicking ass and getting better Oh, we have so many cool things coming tomorrow. It's not even funny. Yay. Yay. It's Christmas again. It's Christmas again. <laughs> and make sure you check out uh, Andrew Apple's uh, podcast. He's got a wonderful podcast called So Fresh, So Prince. Yeah, and also follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Apple, A-P-P-E-L. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, more of you should be following me on Twitter. Yes. Follow and- him on Twitter. More of you follow me than either one of those two. <laughs> well, to be fair, you do spend more time trolling them on there. Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> Okie dokie. And I haven't more trolled people... Michael yet, though. Maybe I should try. Yeah, and I tell you what, uh, Flipside Loftus on Twitter, I just declared it to be a grown-up zone. A grown-up zone? Yeah, I was letting the expletives fly tonight. I gave him a warning. I said it's going to be a very grown-up uh, Twitter feed now. Don't get your knickers in a twist. And I love it. And I love it. So that was a great debate podcast. Oh my gosh, so much wonderfulness happening. We are we are doing it, and we are doing it bigly. And yes, bigly is now a word. <laughs> bigly is now. No, it's All not. right. Sayonara, America. Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>